Welcome to Which Game First, where we explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we find any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up this week, we gather small goods and exchange them for bigger things in Little Factory. Next up, we fight back against evil forces as they blink and flash at us in Return to Dark Tower. And lastly, we channel our inner marsupials to battle it out in Wombat Combat. I'm your host, Celeste Angelis, here with my decades-long gaming buddies, Evan Bernstein. Hello, everyone. Ed Povolitis. Hey guys, time to game. And Mike Grenier. Bombs away. (laughs) I don't know why I said that. (laughs) (laughs) Our first game up this week is Little Factory, designed by Shun Taguchi and Aya Taguchi, published by Studio GG and Aiello in 2020. Number of players 2 to 4, ages 10 and up, playtime 45 minutes. All right, Mikey, tell us what's in the box. On the box, bite-sized citizens are stacked high in their tiny building, putting in a big day's work, baking small loaves of bread, forging diminutive tools, and creating minuscule confections. Aww. It's so cute. Uh, Inside the box, we see 60 resource cards, including wood, wheat, clay, cotton, many of the things one might make Mm -hmm. with them. Um, There are also 30 building cards, 12 influence point tokens, and 4 starting money tiles. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you if this game is fact or why, I wrote that. I wrote that. Evan, give us a quick overview of how it's played. Took the heat off you, Celeste. Thanks. Thank you, Evan. (laughs) Little Factory is a resource resource management card game where the goal is to construct finished buildings to earn victory points. Players increase their assets by processing resources into other resources, such as turning wood into wood or charcoal, or turning charcoal and flour into bread. If you increase your assets, you can build a building and use that building to acquire resources and victory points more quickly. The more buildings players construct, the more actions become available on future turns. On a turn, players take one of two actions. Production, which is to choose a resource card or a building card in the production area and gain the item shown. Or trade. Discard your resource card from your hand and acquire resource or building cards of the same value or less from the available cards. In addition, players can use the effects of each building they own once per turn. For example... A building effect might allow you to exchange a thread card in your hand for cloth that's available in the play area. Buildings are victory points, and the player who collects 10 or more victory points becomes the chief builder in a small town of Little Factory. <laughs> Yay! So tiny. So small. Chief, chief builder. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> so you played this on Board Game Arena, guys. How did it look there? It looked cute. Yeah. <laughs> Impressively, they have a lot of the art from the game right there. You can see that um, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of nice being able to see all the little art cards and all the little people all doing a little thing. <laughs> uh, they have some pretty distinct colors, right? Not primary yeah. colors, but like aqua, purple, mm-hmm. green, yellow. Yeah, those yep. are to distinguish the different levels of the card mm-hmm. that they were, too. So it helped you to get a quick reference for uh, what you were looking at. 
Yeah, it does help. I, game, some games sometimes come too close, you know, muted versions of other colors that sort of stack on each other and you mm -hmm. have a hard time sort of discerning. No problem with this game discerning which cards are which. Yeah, I don't know if the colorblindness thing is in effect here. I don't think it really was helpful to colorblind people like red, blue, green were the three colors. So I don't think mm -hmm. it was done for that. I thought it was just done for ease and simplicity. Easy on the mm. eyes. Mm. Okay, well, this game, all right, so it's easy on the eyes. And did they have references uh, to make it accessible to for colorblindness? Do you guys know? Um, they were put in rows. So, I mean, you know, and you use them as you go. So you kind of mm -hmm. didn't really have the opportunity to get them mixed up. And on the backs of the cards, they had like level one, two, three listed on them in Roman numerals. So, you know, they had a, a little bit of symbology, but really you kind of know that a board is like made out of wood. You know what I mean? <laughs> you don't have to really think too much about like the, yeah, the progression like, of the things. Yeah. Charcoal to make bread. <laughs> it's a little counterintuitive, but not that yeah. much. No, no, and it's symbolic on the card. It tells you what you need to make the thing. So your, okay. your card has a big symbol in the middle, and then the card you use to make it with has the little symbols of that on it. So so the symbology is fine. It gets you right mm -hmm. by even without the colors. So not that important. And it's charcoal and dough to make bread. Yeah, that's right. You got to make dough first <laughs> and cook it. <laughs> yeah, the progression seemed pretty logical. Okay. All right. So how did you guys like putting the things together? Was it frustrating? Did you get blocked a lot? Mm. Me. Yes. Me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Evan? Limited yeah. Amount, yeah, limited amount of resources and cards. You're, you have a plan. You have a plan A, as we all know. And mm -hmm. you're going for your plan A. But then Ed comes along and takes that charcoal <laughs> I need. And now the pile's out of charcoal. And I have no plan well, going forward. Got to have a plan B, as I like to say. <laughs> See, I mean, to me, the frustrating part of that whole progression was that, you know, even if I have the two things that it takes to make the next level thing, mm -hmm. if the thing that I'm trying to make isn't available on the board, I can't make it. So I could have the building. I could have the place to put the coal and the dough. But if mm. the bread isn't available, I can't make it. Mm. I, don't, I just didn't understand that. Like, I think certain products, if you have the stuff, you should be able to make them. That's it. Uh, it sounds right to me. Uh, ha the playtime, 45 minutes for what the cards look like and for what's happening, mm -hmm. to me, seems a tiny bit long. How did it How did it feel? Uh, it played in about that amount of time, if not faster, actually. Yeah. Oh, wow. Game faster Arena, for us? Um, <laughs> I know. It's, it's doing a lot of the, the fiddly bits for you. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, BGA helped speed that that up, definitely. Mm -hmm. And you're only playing to 10 victory points, Celeste. Right. It's not you some game where you're into the 300 count, count right? So mm -hmm. you would have enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, right. true, true. There's not a lot of points to achieve, although 10 is, is takes some work to get to 10 because yeah. your resources are pretty tight. You know, like you're trading. You're, you're not, you don't have a lot of wiggle room to just gather resources and hang on to them and blast them all out at once. Mm -hmm. You kind of have to use them when you can, as much as you can. I think it kind of lends itself to um, a dynamic where, you know, cards are being traded and you're kind of watching a little bit now. Once you really know the game, you're watching what the other players do so you understand which resources well, are in other players' hands and which ones might be coming up on the deck soon because you haven't seen it yet. Right. Yeah, You know, if you mm. know what the... the Distribution is distribution, right? right exactly. So I yeah. think this is one of those games where, when you play a little bit and you know what the the production chains are and you know what to look for, mm -hmm. you'll be able to hit those ten points even faster because 
you'll be able to predict a little bit what's going to happen and go, aha, it came up. Yes, just as I planned. And I think that'll feel really good when that happens. Mm. And there's there's a couple resources in there that are a little bit diverse, like they're useful in a couple different ways. And what I'm mm. mostly referring to is the animals, because like you can milk the cow if milk is available, or mm -hmm. you can slaughter the cow to get like, you know, the meat oh. to cook and stuff like that. I know. It's sad when you like the only available thing is there's meat on the board. Bye so bye, Bessie. To, yeah, I see Such that. A cute cow. I can't, yeah. can't just Cartoon wait around for that milk to show up. Cow with a smiley up. face. Yeah, that, is, that is a tough thing to do, because oh. you, you milk the cow, you keep the cow. Yeah, you but keep if you, it. Uh, you slaughtered a cow, you don't have a cow anymore. Well, <laughs> the fact that you felt the pain is a good thing. <laughs> it that, is. That does, yeah, it speaks to the immersion. Mm -hmm. And the balance, too. And, you know yeah, I mean? and the mm -hmm. uh, theme informing play, at least informing your feelings about play. <laughs> right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Getting to those buildings, they really do help with your production because mm -hmm. the buildings have abilities that unlock for you and allow you to do additional things uh, that you otherwise can't yeah. do without the buildings. Should and you race to the buildings? First, Get a race to yeah, get I your first so. building done so you can start using that ability mm -hmm. throughout yeah. the, the rest of the process. It's not like in Dominion where you have like properties that you buy and they clog your deck up. Like the buildings actually enhance your speed towards victory and give you victory points. So I definitely say get get your hands on the buildings as soon as you can. It's like rushing to that extra meeple in games that offer you an extra action. <laughs> you know how I love that. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> That's, That's my jam. I mean, it's, a, it's a set production <laughs> change. you got to get the resources. Plus, the buildings are beeps on their own as well just yep. having a building is a victory point so yay mm. at least one victory point yeah, that's right do it but then you yeah, should buy and them with yeah. a, for a game that only has 10 or so victory points that mm -hmm. that sounds important yeah it is especially because some of the buildings are not only worth victory points on their own but you can churn all your ingredients into victory points as well so like you know you buy a building that's worth three points and then activate it for another two points worth of victory like mm -hmm. bam that's half your points right there in one Ooh. shot mm. well mike you said that the game ended abruptly it what did. do you mean well i ended up winning uh i was we we're all, <laughs> around, we're just, all gonna, just push wiggle that in there <laughs> we we're all around seven or eight points right and i had like yeah, six and close. then i took the six and turned it into like 10 in one turn like I grabbed oh. the building that was worth three or two, and then I cranked in the resources for another three, and just came out of nowhere for the victory. And the I think frustrating... you tend to. I'm sorry. I think Mikey's victories do tend to be pulled out. Like you're always going for the big win. Yeah, I'm going so for something either, epic. Yeah. <laughs> either you're gonna reach it, or you're not quite gonna make it. The game's gonna end before and you reach it. It's funny because it makes me look like I'm either like a genius or like a complete <laughs> failure because it's such a big swing usually like oh god he was way behind at the end of the game or wow he came out of nowhere and crushed you know i had a clear path to my victory i'm he like did. i see it on the board i need this turn it into that there's my two points i'm gonna yep. win this thing mikey oh, yeah. comes out of the you know out of the back stretch and basically <laughs> blows us all out mm -hmm. yeah. that's right you're like where did he come from <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yep oh, and he heard gosh. that doppler <laughs> so it worked for you this time. Well, that's good. This time it worked for me. Not always, but this time, yes. <laughs> okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Little Factory. Evan? So Little Factory, it's a very straightforward resource management game. It's easy to grasp. It's easy to play. It played very well online. And I think it would play just as easily in person in the analog world. Mm. I'd play this game again when introducing people to the world of resource management games. Dig it up. Ed? It's a nice little resource management game with a lot of trading. And 
It manages to scratch that production ish of chaining all the cards to make new stuff, and it has a fairly short playtime. The scarcity <laughs> of resources at just enough twist that you need to be flexible in your plan. You know, that plan B I've been talking about. <laughs> so I'll dig it up to build one more little factory because it's so cute. <laughs> short short playtime, according to Ed. Mm, yeah, all right. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay, Mikey. Uh, little Factory fooled me into thinking I was building an engine when I was really just waiting for the right cards to appear. Mm. Eh, it was fine, a little frustrating, and also kind of forgettable, to be honest. I might play it again, but I don't need it for my personal stash, so I will bury it. What would your Little factories make? Let <laughs> us know. We are at Wish Game First and all social medias. Hey, everybody! Let's tell you what's going on with which game first. Why don't we start with Evan? Go for it, Ev. On Thursday nights, which game first is live. We play a game every Thursday night, 7 o'clock Eastern Time, and we invite you to join us. You can watch on our social media channels, but we're also interactive with you. We ask for your suggestions. We ask you how you think the game played out, or if you played it, what your opinions were. We also often do trivia with you, the audience. So it's an interactive experience with us at Which Game First, Thursday nights, live, 7 o'clock Eastern. Mike, I got anything to add? I mean, I could say that uh, we're transitioning <laughs> into this live zone here. So my editing duties are going to be scaled back, which means I'll be turning up the knob on my social medias and promotions. Yes. That's so right. y'all are going to be seeing a lot more of this in the future. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who are still listening on a podcatcher, you circle this face. That's right. <laughs> I, think they got the, I think they felt that. They didn't have to hear it. <laughs> but what Mikey's talking about is... is you're going to be able to see which game first the podcast see it that's right i said see it mm-hmm. on our youtube channel probably our twitch channel you know check it out right through the link on our website we are actually here in <laughs> living <real>. color right <laughs> on the yep. screen so you are hearing our normal podcast which is going to mm-hmm. be right through your podcatcher as normal really no change there but for those of you who want to access it with video just basically our talking heads mm-hmm. and occasionally mm-hmm. ed waving a game at you <laughs> or pointing at some component <laughs> or showing something off as we all will be doing on occasion you can get that added feature mm-hmm. we just wanted to let you know we are rolling these in video format as well and possibly coming soon at least on occasion live the podcast what? will be able to be caught Are live we while we're recording it. Are oh we ready goodness. for that? The pressure's on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also want to put a shout out there for our patrons. Thank you so, so very much. We really appreciate you. You are a very important part of how we do this show. So Mm -hmm. if you want to become a patron of this show, you can go to our website and click on become a patron today. It's $3 a month and you get access to our exclusive patron only podcast called bonus Bonus points. points. (laughs) 
<laughs> we roll it every other week. You can catch it live in our Discord. If you are a patron, you get access to that. You can even chat with us while we're doing the podcast. It is a very loose show just for our close, close friends, our patrons. So mm. thank you again, patrons. We really appreciate it. You can also get tickets for the Board Game Design Conference. We want to shout that out one mm-hmm. uh, another time. It is at BoardGameDesignConference.com. It is a wealth of videos from our previously live conference, which went Mm. extremely well. Great questions were asked by the audience. Fantastic names. Go check out the videos from Mm. top industry professionals hosted by us, right? (laughs) And emceed by Grant Lyon. It was a really great show. You can grab the whole thing for only 10 bucks at BoardGameDesignConference.com. Lots Mm. of great information for anybody who's interested in designing games. I mean, I don't even know how the likes of us pulled together such a squad of awesome guests. It was impressive. It was. I'm like, I look back and I'm like, wow, we did that. (laughs) (laughs) And thanks everybody for listening. Our next game up this week is Return to Dark Tower. Designed by, brace yourselves, Tim Burrell Saward, Isaac Childress, Noah Cohen, Rob Daviau, Justin D. Jacobson, and Brian Neff. Wow. Sounds like a podcast group. (laughs) (laughs) Even bigger, yeah. Wow. Published by Restoration Games in 2022. Number of players, 124. Ages 10 and up. Playtime, 120 minutes. <laughs> All right. Easily. Mikey. Oh, yeah. Easily. Oh, Tell easily. us what is in this crazy, huge, ginormous, big square <laughs> box. All right. The cover of the box brings us to a dark world where demons and nightmares gather to make their way to a looming onyx tower. Inside the box, we find a game board, a six-sided haggle die, 20 miniatures, 16 buildings, four hero figures, three quest marker standees, 24 miniature skulls, plus a few spares, four hero (laughs) boards, 16 virtue tiles, 52 medium cards for treasures, companions, and foes, 84 cards for corruption, gear, potions, quest items, and heroic tests, 181 (laughs) tokens representing foes, spirits, warriors, dungeons, and spells. And what? And special events. <laughs> and a storage diagram to tell you where to put stuff away, I guess. Um, and, of course, the enormous and ominous Dark Tower. And that's what's in the box. <laughs> Oof, man. I know. It's Don't exhausting. throw your back out lifting that box up. Ooh-wee. Yeah, you got to be careful. Not a bit. Ed was showing it off on the video version of the podcast, if you want to check that out on YouTube. Mm. It is, uh, it yeah. You need a you need a weight belt for this it's one. It's impressive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is, and Ed of course had the expansion as well, right, Ed? Oh. Uh, yes, I had yeah. both expansion, the King, the Kickstarter. <laughs> yes, both along with a neoprene map and upgraded uh, tokens, cool. and yeah, yeah. What yes. was in the expansion? Minis. All minis? Oh, well, depending on which one. There's the the <gasps> of course Dark yeah, Alliance expansion at mini for all of their. Mm-hmm. The baddies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. Instead yeah. of having a token, you got a mini in it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, gotta, I gotta say, it's nice. Um, yeah. 
And then the other expansion, the Alliances expansion, add new heroes to play. Instead of just regular old white skulls, you get different color skulls who have different kind of effects. <laughs> oh, like, my gosh. No more, no more stuff. So expand, actually add different content to the game rather mm -hmm. than just mini. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just aesthetics for that. Oof. But we didn't, well, we didn't guys... really play that, right? The expansion? The, no, with the, but, no, but we got to see it yeah, at Evan's house where mm -hmm. you played this game live mm -hmm. in person mm -hmm. because there's no other way to play this, baby, because nope. of the tower. The tower. Oh, gosh, mm -hmm. My God, the tower. Evan, what about that tower? Tell us. How tall was it? Well, do we want to talk about the rules of the game? No. Oh, oh yeah. yeah yes. I guess so. Yeah, like, let Evan tell us the rules. <laughs> no, I don't really want to know about the rules, but if you have <laughs> to tell us. All right. Before we tell you if this remake of this game is worth the 30-year wait, Evan, quickly, quickly, quickly give us an overview of the rules. As quick as I can. Return to Dark Tower can be played either as a cooperative game or a competitive game, but we played the cooperative version. So those are the rules oh. we're going to concentrate on. Players take on the role of a medieval adventuring party whose collective goal is to save the lands from the evil emanating from the dark tower <laughs> the dark tower is magically spewing for and i mean spewing forth foes to fight and it curses buildings on the lands and it hinders the powers and abilities of the adventurers it's a real pain in the neck <laughs> on each player's turn by using a banner power which varies from character to character they then follow they they are then followed by moving themselves around the board performing a heroic action, which is like cleansing an area or battling a foe or completing a small quest, and re then reinforcing one of the buildings on the map to recharge their fighting strength or magical powers. Along the way, players will acquire treasure, gear, and potions, all of which are used to help the characters survive, and some of which are prerequisites for completing the main mission. Beware corruption. A player can suffer two corruption cards, <laughs> but if a player gets a third corruption mm. card uh -oh. the mission fails you're done oh. it's over dun, dun, dun. the victory conditions wow. will vary from game to game but ultimately the players have to defeat the top enemy and complete the quest before the tower gains dominion over the realm or before a player becomes hopelessly corrupt mike and must live the rest <laughs> of their days as a politician as they return to <laughs> dark tower as <Yes>. a lawyer <laughs> that's the tower ed's holding it up yeah it's like yes wow. Over a All right, foot that was tall. as fast as I could get through the rules because there's many more yeah. finer rules to the game, but mm -hmm, that really mm -hmm, kind of covers it. All right, now back to the tower. Yes. Ed, yes. The tower is made of plastic. How does it compare to the original tower? The OG tower, which was what? Back in the early 80s, this game yep. came out? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How does it compare? Um, it's, uh, I would say a sturdier construction. Mm. Um, not not something I'd expect. the... Uh, the keypad that was in the front of the, uh, <laughs> of the old one. I remember the old that keypad. You had to do to enter in all the the stuff for the, for the tower in order for it to, I think, spit out a number. You had to then look up in a book to figure out <laughs> mm -hmm. what happened. And how, what's that um, replaced with now, Ed? Uh, an app. Ooh. Yes. yes. Oh, so that's the now you got you, you download an app and you can use that app on your phone or your tablet mm -hmm. and. The tower um, is actually Bluetooth connected mm -hmm. to Correct. the app. So they yep. talk mm -hmm. to each other while you're playing. It was sick to see. Yeah, it was crazy. It, it moved. It rotates. Yeah, the power. It yeah. lights up. It's gold come pouring oh, out of it into your domain. Corrupting your soul. Yeah, and I'm plus the, there's like little symbols on the inside. And when you reveal some of the windows, like some of the things 
happen where you have to pull off one of the tower's window like coverings and if there's a symbol behind there something happens in that region and then right, like, as me, you're doing your bluetoothy stuff it spins. now you must spend more energy to question <laughs> this region oh, oh, oh no. man yeah it was crazy like it, it was just and so they spin. cool and, yeah, the, and the doors will will spin, so the door that was open to the west spins. Now the east is affected by mm-hmm. that nefarious, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, evil power. Now, if it's looking at you, it affects you, the player. Mm-hmm. That is wild. Yeah. So where you're sitting matters. Yes. Right. Yes. Yep. Absolutely uh, does. Now, is it you, the player, or your character on a map? In well, front. Your character is on the map. Mm-hmm. There's regions of the map you, the that player, are affected. Now it's faith and it affected you. Oh my mm-hmm. god, that mm-hmm. is so cool. That is and cool. The app was absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It was just really beautiful to look at. Great sound effects coming from it, from the tower. It was wild. Worked flawlessly, too. Mm-hmm. Never had an issue with yep, it. Yep, yep. No issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty wild to, like, you're doing stuff on the app, and it says, oh, no, you know, something happens, <laughs> and then you hear, like, this tower spinning up over there. You're like, oh, no, what's happening? Like, oh, so cool. <laughs> so how did it feel to play co-op? How, how was the co-op-ness of it? Did you feel alone? Did you feel mm-hmm. like you were working together? Oh, yeah. Oh, very much together. I mm-hmm. feel like we really were... A team of heroes trying to struggle against the evil forces of the Dark Tower. Yeah, mm. I would liken it to like Pandemic, where you like have specialists that can do certain things. And while there is some like, hey, why don't you take care of this over here? Quarterbacking, I can't get as Mikey there. calls it. A little quarterbacking, but it wasn't too bad because their choices weren't always super obvious until later mm-hmm. in the game of what you mm-hmm. need to do that you could kind of say, I'm going to try to do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And, and nobody could really be like, Oh, that's so stupid. You know what I mean? Right. So it was cool. And, and plus you get to do a lot of the activity, mm-hmm. even though there's no dice, no card necessarily, mm-hmm. although there's reference cards for all the monsters, mm-hmm. the randomness all comes from the app. Yeah. So when you go to battle a creature, mm-hmm. take the app and hit the little battle button and it shows a bunch of cards mm-hmm. that it, and you have to say, well, I need to pick three of these cards. So you pick the three cards mm-hmm. and then it shows you the first card that comes up and what the effect is. And you go, oh no, yeah. am I going to spend my precious advantages on this or am I going to save it for those other cards? I don't mm-hmm. even know what they do yet. Right. Could be worse, could be easier. You have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, and you, you kind of have a, a sort of an idea of what you might be getting yourself into by the enemy that you're fighting. Because usually that type of enemy has a certain kind of, I, I call them attacks, but basically it's a challenge that you have to pay mm-hmm. to get through. So some of them will mm-hmm. cost you some of your soldier resource, or some of them will cost you like a spirit resource that you have, or potions that you have accumulated to defeat the, the challenge. The challenge is mm-hmm. random in the way that you pick it out of a random set of cards. Right. Mm. But, you know, you're basically, you're not rolling against the enemy when that happens. You're basically spending a resource that you have and then mitigating how much that resource costs by using your specialization against that type of thing. So, like, if I'm specialized against beasts, right, if, if like, one of my special things is that I'm good against beasts, I can turn the dial down a little bit on how harsh that card is on me and and the mm-hmm. app will tell you oh it only costs you three soldiers now instead of five and if you spend again oh you actually gain two soldiers instead you know what i mean yeah right. you try to match your hero's specialties to mm-hmm. the beasts and creatures that you're fighting for the mm-hmm. best possible results and using up the fewest resources in the process right so did the I choices feel to- did the choices feel honest or did it feel like yeah i really don't have a choice i have to put these resources in or did it really feel like you could they take felt, a chance? Or? They felt thematic, but I, I feel like it would be really tough to go up against an enemy where you can't mitigate 
any of the cards because it just takes so much more to do it that way. It could end the game if you go um, get too ballsy and go uh, <laughs> right. up against a creature you're not ready for. Yeah. Because um, every time you fail a card mm. um, and you don't have enough resources to surrender, like you don't have enough warriors to lose. Corruption. corruption. You get a corruption. Mm. And if you get a third corruption... Game over, man. That's game it. over. corrupt. Everybody. So basically, if one of your party turns evil, you're out. Yeah. You're out. Yep. Yep. That's it. Yeah, game Mikey, over. right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's what <laughs> Mikey happened. suffered the most corruption during, <sighs> during the God. game. It was brutal. Like, I went in there thinking I was prepared for some of these fights, and I just pulled some cards that were really not good for me. <laughs> like, you know, but. And it happens. I think like, the dungeon delving is also interesting. Oh, yeah. You that's could be really going in a long slog really through the dungeon, <laughs> or you find what you're looking for in the first room. So and it's totally random. Uh, well, random-ish. I mean, you have choices. You choose which way yeah. to path. Mm-hmm. Oh. If you went left instead of right, like if I went right, I would have been in the right room. But I went left and ended up going through the whole dungeon, yeah. hitting so many traps and pitfalls along the way. That if I were... <laughs> mm, <laughs> so here... Really? Did that, is that a thing? Or... Here's what happened. Mikey <laughs> went into a dungeon. Uh-huh. Okay. He used all, I mean, practically all of his resources to clear out like 99% of the dungeon. Mm-hmm. He suffered corruption left and right. He basically yeah. had to <laughs> retreat at the end. I went in, my character went in to finish the mission, opened mm-hmm. one door, and there was the achievement. There was yep. the guy. Yep. The one door hey, I didn't Didn't have check. to spend anything. Hey, come with me. Let's walk oh, out. Done. It brutalized <laughs> me. And I didn't realize that. So a dungeon Uh-oh, is- Uh-oh, Mikey. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sensing that possibly <laughs> the evolution of your of your bad luck with dice is no. bad lucks with apps. It cannot oh, spread. It no. cannot spread. I do have no. really bad luck with apps so far historically, oh, but I'm going to hope I'm going to not, I'm going to have tunnel vision on that. So the dungeons are interesting because they're a space on the board that you go to. It's like quests will pop up on the board. That's one of the things that mm-hmm. is produced from the tower. It's like, Oh, a quest pops up in this region specifically. Mm-hmm. And it'll, you know, put a little figurine or like a little token and one of them was the dungeon. So when you go to that space and say, I want to go into the dungeon, the app opens up a, an array of like a, a, a pathway that you three pathways you can choose. Like, oh, Straight I want to go in this right. room of the dungeon or that room of the dungeon. And it'll give you, you know, challenges for each one, kind of like when you're fighting a monster. But if you, you know, if you choose wisely, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the path for me, right, there was a straight path that was like four cards right to the end. And then there was like a couple side paths that were like a lot of extra space. So I'm like, there's no way they're going to just put it in this one that's straight ahead. So I went to the <laughs> left and got all the way to the left. And then I was like, okay, fine. I'll walk my way back and go all the way to the right and eliminate all those rooms. That's what happened to me. So, yeah. And, uh, and sure yeah. enough, it was the straight path. Had you taken it, it you'd have if, cleaned that dungeon Oh, yeah. Out I easily. would have had almost all my resources left still after that. Instead, I came out with two corruption and failure. <laughs> <laughs> so ed you think this game is surprisingly easy to learn and get right into why is that it's um the player aid is extremely well constructed it tells you what happens mm-hmm. at the beginning of your turn you get this and every player gets a different thing which makes them cool and then mm-hmm. you take either heroic action or a um reinforced action mm-hmm. and and you get to move during those times so i can go move move one space do a heroic action to move a couple of bases and do my reinforce action. Mm-hmm. And that's your turn. It tells you your your choices are what you get all on that little player aid, which is one column. And this is 
Mm-hmm. I would say 95% of what you need to know in order to play the game. And yeah, easy to follow. No, no ambiguity, mm-hmm. no, no confusion. Simple. Anybody could follow. You can this. do this once, do that once, and then move X number of spaces. That's it. So if you had um, one experienced player to guide everybody, mm. you could just basically start playing. Sure. Yeah, yes. definitely. Yep. That is great. That's a it really is. nice feature. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Especially it's if you're be- trying to introduce people who aren't used to this kind of game or co-ops or whatever. Very much a, mm-hmm. a good intro for that. And it's good to, you know, it's good for these guys that made this game because I'm sure they spent a good chunk of change on the licensing. So, and then on the production, of course, the production value, because you don't go ahead and get a license like that and then not bother with production value. I mean, so it's good that the rules work well. Yeah, the designer list tells you a lot of what you need to know. There's a lot of people in on making this thing happen. Quality designers. Yeah, they brought in a lot of top talent to, to make the game, I think. Um, yeah, Isaac Childress, Rob Davio, awesome. The man, we thought we were doing fine. We were adventuring out. We were like, I thought we were in good shape because <laughs> yeah, we as got you all go, the special power. We got all the special mm-hmm. uh, equipment that we needed to complete that part yep. of the main quest. We released the big baddie at the end. Mm-hmm. We're fighting the big oh, baddie, yeah. and we're oof. getting ready for the big victory. And yeah, and then came uh, the great barfening. so like the so this is is why i call it the great barfening as you go you have a bowl of skulls right and as you do certain things like at the end of your turn you have to drop a skull into the tower and it either pops Mm -hmm. out somewhere making something happen or it stays in the tower and you know as we're playing we're like man okay i'm starting to get not a lot of them spitting out right like this is good you you need to put a skull in the tower and you can't you lose. Yes, that's another thing, too. So we had to keep eliminating things on the board, which had helped us to add skulls back to the bowl. But once the bowl, you know, if you can't add one. So we're like, okay, well, we're getting close, but we got the boss out here. Then he comes out and does this thing. Like, we, we typed into the, you know, into the app. app. All right, here's the boss, whatever. What does he do first? The tower just goes crazy, like, like the sound. And then, <laughs> like... Here come the skulls. skulls just <laughs> pour all over the board. Oh my! I still, oh my I'm still God. having nightmares about it. Yeah. yeah. So what happens it, when it a skull was comes so out? There's so many skulls hitting the board. Oh, you have man. to put them in your buildings when that happens mm-hmm. in the kingdom that it comes in. Yeah. And if a building can't absorb that skull, that corruption, mm-hmm. the building's destroyed. And when building gets destroyed. You get corruption. There you mm-hmm. go. And if you don't have enough room for that third corruption, <laughs> game yep. over. Yep. You see, now imagine, boy, the Dark Tower is a cruel dungeon master. Mm-hmm. A cruel dungeon. Imagine if our human dungeon master had done that to you. Oh, man. You'd never buy that guy a pizza nah, again. That player. Like, yeah, the players would hate that dude. <laughs> I mean, it was bad. Like, we, we, I thought we were good, and then we were just like, quickly realize that we're not going to make it <laughs> yeah we, no and we didn't <laughs> and we didn't yeah we failed. But had a great time though it was fun. i mean i yeah. wasn't mm-hmm. yeah i wasn't crestfallen or anything i'm like this, no this was this was i wasn't disappointed yeah no it was fun it makes okay. me want to play it again <laughs> all right explorers it's time to dig up or bury return to dark tower mike this thing is a showpiece and it could probably exist on just that gimmick alone but it also happens to be a highly interactive and exciting game built to play with any level of players. Uh, definitely going to dig this one up, if you dare. <laughs> Ed? Everything about this game is well presented. The player board, the 
the deployer mm. itself, the mini, of course, the tower. Mm. And most impressively, the app. They found a good balance in the use of the app and the game board itself. I had so much fun working with my fellow hero to beat facts and destroy the adversary, <laughs> even though we lost. But I'll dig this up to defend the kingdom once again when the tower awakens. Yeah, where's a resurrection spell when you need it? For real. Yeah. <laughs> Evan? Return to Dark Tower. So this game must be played in person. There's no way this game translates online. Okay. Mm. It was fun. The balance was correct. The order of operations in, in the turn are easy to follow. The game presented itself very well, as Ed said. And the app worked great. Return to Dark Tower? Yes, I will. Mm -hmm. Dig it up. <laughs> Have you played the original Dark Tower that came out in 18... No, not 18. 1981. <laughs> oh <my>. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are at which game first? 1891, it was made in cast iron. Oh. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> and the skulls were real. <laughs> the box was huge for that. Our last game up this week is Wombat Combat, designed by Arif Nazi Savi, published by Neo Troy Games. Um, and number of players two to six, ages eight and up, playtime 30 minutes. Mikey, tell us what's in the Wombatty box. <laughs> The cover of the box shows a rumble in the jungle between a bunch of the cutest wombats using all manner of martial arts to do battle. Inside, we find 108 wombat cards, a bunch of poo tokens, uh, 18 food and predator cards, two six-sided dice for attack and defense, and six reference cards. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you if everybody was wombat fighting, Evan, <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> Give us a quick overview of the rules. As fast as I can. Wombat Combat's a set collection card game in which each player tries to lay down and lock in cards yielding the most poo points. Yeah, poo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> players recruit fighting wombats with different amounts of poo. When players have two or more cards of the same wombat in their hand, they can lay these cards on the table, if they want, to collect the poo at the end of the game. If, however, an opponent lays out more cards of the same type of wombat, then the wombat of that type already on the table gets... Your cards get flipped and placed into the respective player's burrow face down. Not good. Each player... I'm sorry. Each card depicts a wombat with a different fighting style. The number on the card indicates how many of that wombat is in the game. So the 18 card, there are 18 of those. All right. For the four, there are only four of those. The number also indicates the amount of poo that each type of wombat gives during scoring. <laughs> Some cards have a special skill icon in the top left corner, which activates once you lay them down. There are also special action cards, which help you in combat or they're used to prevent bad things from happening to you. There are vegetable cards that increase your wombat counts, and there are scavenger cards, which can eat the vegetables or the wombats. There are also community cards that offer special abilities to all players, instant effects to all players who win in combat, and cards that impact the end game conditions and scoring. Oh, and of course, there are dice to roll as part of the combat. The game ends when one player lays down five different wombats in front of them, or the draw pile is exhausted. Then the players proceed to count their poo. The most poo wins, which is not something you can say very often. Oh, again. 
<laughs> I gotta say, that was a lot of poo talk. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. in this game, it's all about the poo. That is your point. <laughs> it's all about the poo. Collect well, the poo. we got this poo through a review copy of this game. <laughs> uh, so they were nice enough to send us a review copy. Evan, we played it at your house. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think of the look of the game? The cards? The look of the cards? How was the animation? This is a the, pending the Kickstarter. It's going really to be cool. coming along. Mm-hmm. So um, tell us, what do you think? Ed, you said I think they're the cool. Art has a really nice uh, cartoony look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, as I mentioned, there's a, a few different you know, kung fu styles yeah. <laughs> on, on, on some of the different wombats. And you know, it's kind of neat to see mm-hmm. oh, somebody having you know, a samurai sword and somebody just ready to do a little boxing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No? You have all manner it, of martial it, arts. There, there's, a, there's a nice sense of humor among the cards, and there's definitely a little tongue in cheek with it. Mm hmm. I mean, it's at its heart, it's just like set collection, you know, like trying to get as many of the same set as you can. But, you know, you throw some twists in there, like ways to make other people's set less effective or um, yours hard, easier to protect. Um, yeah. And a little bonus for what you lay down, too. The art seems to be uh, like a traditional, maybe Saturday morning cartoon style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I like the colors on the cards, and I like that the art takes up the full size of the card. Mm-hmm. That it's uh, it's worth it too. You know, they're nice. They're, they're, these wombats look very energetic. Mm-hmm. They don't oh. look static at all. They look like they are ready. Yeah, it's they action. are all. In- yeah, they're ready to rumble. They're ready for some combat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're in action poses. Like one of them's climbing a tree. The other one's mm-hmm. throwing a punch. One of them's yeah. doing a samurai pose. So you know, they've all and- have a lot of action to them. And, and the one ready to do the, yeah. the chair slam with its wrestler shoot. Yeah, yeah the <laughs> facial expressions like Celeste was saying too. Really good. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, the playtime is 30 minutes. Does that seem too long for this idea? Mm, I think it goes longer than 30. It's longer. And it is oh, a little yeah. long for what it is, I think. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think both of those things are true. But here's the thing. Uh, I think part of the reason why it took us a little longer to play is that sometimes the we, we had to go back to the rule book, mm-hmm. uh, I think, more often than perhaps you, you shouldn't have to in playing a game like this because some things seemed a bit ambiguous and not exactly, yeah. you know, you didn't pick it up in the first kind of read through and you had to go back to try to figure out what yeah. exactly happened. So that slowed us down. That's so tough. it could have used a good, a good rules edit. Like we've That's talked good. about I mean, that. It's a prototype mm-hmm. and I think it kind of come through in a couple places where you know where a nice you know polish might have made it a little bit clearer it, mm. it, a little editing would have helped yeah i think clarity and also simplicity are what you're looking for in a set collection game because usually you're dealing with kind of players that are not going to be like ready for heavy rule sets or tricky like interactions with different kinds of cards mm-hmm. so could have been a little lighter on the on that aspect and a little clearer in the rule book mm-hmm and does it come with reference cards? It did come with little reference mm-hmm. cards. And they work fairly well once you know the game. <laughs> and I think that's the trick. It's like once you know the game, the little reference card makes sense. But yeah. when you first read it, you're like, okay, what did I mean by this? Because mm-hmm. it could mean this or it could mean the other thing. Mm-hmm. And you want to read the rules to make sure you got it right. Because you, yeah. you don't want to just kind of assume. You know, my favorite kind of game is the kind where the reference card, if you've played any type of game that is a similar style, 
and you look mm-hmm. at that reference card, you should basically be able to play the game with yeah. the reference card alone. It becomes if you're familiar with that type of game. To that. Yeah. It's just that it needed a little, you needed to understand a couple of terminologies mm-hmm. a little bit better just to understand um, what the game meant. Yeah. It's, it's Like, for example, when you win a fight, it said you get the kidnapper card, you get the barrier card, and you, you know, your spear card. And I'm like, well, what did that mean? You have to <laughs> yeah. check the rule book right. to figure out what that means. Right. But once it's, you it's know, language. oh, kidnap a card. I get to take it. Mm-hmm. Bury it. Oh, I'll put it in their discard pile with its negative point. Yeah. And bear one, which means I'll let you live. <laughs> you get the cave that back. Yeah. So once you know that, yeah, the reference card works. Right. It should be more of a reminder card than a reference for the rules, like when it's well designed. <laughs> you know what I mean? But... Mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So when you were playing, you said it didn't take long before you were stuck, Mike? Yeah, so you're kind of disincentivized to putting cards down because if somebody usurps that number, like they get more 14s than I put down, then all my 14 cards get flipped and destroyed and put into my negative pile. So not only do I not have those positive points anymore, uh, they're taken away and they become negative points. So... You're Do you think it creates holding. too much of a sensation of disappointment when it should be like working toward action, a feeling of activity? Yeah, I, I mean, because I was promised wombat combat. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and combats were too, like, I don't know, too just dangerous, I guess. <laughs> like, risky. Yeah, they're really more risky than they needed to be to incentivize you to do them. Mm. So. Yeah, yeah. It was, um... No, the, the two times that I stepped in the battle, I stepped in it mm-hmm. rather than Captain uh, Pooh. Right. So yeah, I I'm kind of like, it. I don't yeah. know if I want to do this anymore. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and we all saw Ed do that. He tried fighting me the first time and lost terribly, and it just really hurt because I'm, I'm stealing his cards. You're all like, cards and, like, ooh, I don't know if I actually mm. wanted to pay for that. Right. Yeah. So like, the combat. I didn't have enough cards to put down a good set. And like Mikey says, like, well, I only got three cards. And if there's like 18 of them in the deck, it's putting three enough in order to secure me those 18 points. Right, exactly. No. Probably not. Especially with no, only three players. Well, like... well, it's combat. Let me go out and swing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Speaking right, of swing. Down. Speaking of swing, I felt the game was a bit swingy, especially mm-hmm. in the combat realm, because you, you're going to play it down three cards. And it has a fight strength, and the other player is going to play three cards. It has a defense strength. Okay, it's straight up. Then you start rolling dice, and mm-hmm. you start adding numbers to the dice, and then you can re-roll. You have the option of re-rolling your dice, perhaps mm-hmm. based on the event mm-hmm. cards. What is this? A D and D game? I mean, I and then and again, go, and then from there you can play extra special ability cards from your hands to also enhance uh, that roll. So my mm-hmm. if my three cards have a strength of ten, I can easily make that a twenty. Mm-hmm. With all the extra dice rolling and extra cards laying wow, that, that, that you're going to go out. That's so, wild. And, and the defender mm-hmm. has the same ability too. So the, the, it, it, it swings. It makes, it makes the fight uh, very... It's hard to secure the victory. In yeah, the fight. it makes even if you're going in with strong cards, pointless. It may, it well, make, yeah. Does it make preparation difficult or... Challenging. Hard to I be mean, effective? Yeah, it, I mean, you're challenging. I think it also, like, oh, it's card-driven. Very card-driven. Mm-hmm. So... You can say, okay, oh, Ed just went in there and fought and played a couple of cards and lost. Now it's my turn, and I need to pick on somebody to fight on. Oh, Ed, mm-hmm. I know you just spent a lot of resources. I bet you don't have a lot of resources mm-hmm. left. Let me go pick on you again. Yeah, you can't mm-hmm. pick on a person pretty and, badly. But even with all that happening, 
like it sounds like oh combat's this card and that card it didn't feel like that when you're doing it you know what i mean it kind of just went okay i guess uh i have to put something down to try to win and like you know like you don't it, i didn't feel like surprise i've been saving this you know thing for you <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, and, then, uh-huh, right. and then there are cards you can you can play a special card negate the whole combat oh, nothing happened yeah, that was uh, i was definitely going to bring yeah. that point up because like for me that is the ultimate killer of the whole thing is that you go through all this action to try to to win this fight and then Somebody just goes, nah, it just never happened. Everybody put your cards Play back. Play that never happened. I felt good to have, though, because people are picking on me to fight yeah. and they're throwing all the stuff out. And I thought I had good defenders and I go, woo, mm. good thing I had that five card <laughs> and, uh, you know, the fight just didn't happen. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd be, you know, yeah, but, in bad shape. But that's not fun for anybody, is it? Did you have fun? Getting out of the well, combat I, and did it uh, was better combat than and have fun. My stuff, so yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it was better than losing my stuff. Yeah, so. better than losing your stuff is not fun combat though. That's just <laughs> like less terrible. <laughs> okay, okay, explorers, right. it's time to dig up or bury wombat combat. Ed, this is a nice charm here about a game collecting pool. <laughs> The game is easy, it's quick <laughs> enough that once you start getting going to swing a thing, and haven't played it once, I do see some tactics I'd like to try again. The game is swingy and random, <laughs> and a lot of brutal take that action. It makes you feel like fighting, then this is the game you want to check out. <laughs> it's not my kind of game, so... Well, I'll give it another go. Um... Probably gonna be oh, okay. <laughs> so, so close, so close. <laughs> Mike, the critters were cute and expressive. I'll give them that. Um, but the fight mechanic was a bit clunky, very punishing. In short, I'm here for the wombats, but not for the combats. I'm sorry to have to say, I will bury it. Evan, wombat combat has a lot going on. Maybe too much, but in, in the end, it is about the combat. There are elements of randomness which almost interfere with the game too much, and the players have to be able to deal with the inevitable swings. By the middle of the game, I caught on to many of the nuances, and by the end of the game, I was able to really grasp the strategies that Ed was talking about. I think it's worth another shot. I'm going to dig it up. Yeah. (laughs) So what was the weirdest thing that you collected for victory? Was it stranger than collecting poo? <laughs> Let us know. We are at Wish Game First on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And that does bring us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing about all the game exploring you're doing. If you would like more perks and content from us, just go to our website and click on Become a Patron today and you will get access to our exclusive patron-only podcast called... And if you get a chance, please leave us a like, a rating, or review anywhere. Literally any shout out helps (laughs) everybody find the show, especially on a podcatcher. If you leave us a review or a rating there, it really helps. Happy, happy, happy gaming explorers. Skulls. (laughs) So many skulls. I got all the poo! <laughs> now what? Nobody's <laughs> prepared for the great barfening. <laughs> the great barfening! Ah. 